The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. We are episode number 65. And coming up on tonight's show, drama with the outlaws. Uh, we're talking birthday gifts, making some 360 national predictions. And Wade, uh, Wade Unger is going to join the program later on tonight. But before we get started, let's check in with the cast of characters we have here in the studio tonight. Brad Brown uh, took last week off, went on a little camping trip. It looks like. Uh, did you break that camper in? Yes, sir, we did. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I missed last week, but uh, we were busy getting the camper all organized. We went and bought a new fifth wheel, a new to us fifth wheel, took it out to Branch Stoke, and uh, boy, we couldn't have picked a better weekend to, to hit the lake. It was beautiful weather. So I uh, didn't get much racing in over the weekend, but uh, we made it done camping. So we're, I'm back here ready to kick off this show and uh, see what we can do today. So, uh, camping, you doing any uh, fishing? You take the boat. You saw the boat? Nope, sold the boat. We're next in line as I get a pontoon. So we had that boat and we just never went fast with it because my wife gets a little scared on the water. And, and so I thought, well, if we're not going to use a fast motorboat, why well, have a fast motorboat? So we're going to get a, uh, probably next summer, get a, get a pontoon and uh, just, just uh, troll around out there. And we know uh, what Josh did this week. He sat on the couch, <laughs> watched him racing. Uh, would you check out on the, on flow and dirt vision this week? I watched the Knoxville uh, race on Saturday. That was a blast. Um, I also had Hickman Heydays this weekend. That was a blast to walk around, do some garage selling. Got some new gear for the the race cave. Got a Steve Kinzer uh, diecast car over there for a dollar. It's great. Steve Kinzer diecast car for a dollar. Yeah, right over there. The, the viewers can't see over there. They didn't oh. know what they were selling. It's not that great. It's it doesn't even have a front wing, but it was a <laughs> oh, so it's, it's one of Steve Kinzer's <laughs> crashed race cars. <laughs> yeah, see there you go. I'll put some dirt on it and call it good. Sammy must have ran him over or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way Sammy's driving now, it's a good possibility. <laughs> no, he, oh, he would never Don't be in front going. of Sam, uh, Steve right now. <laughs> As for myself, uh, I made the trip out the Eagle Raceway a little bit. Uh, caught caught some uh, the makeup features a little bit there, and uh, just had a good time all around. Yeah, and, and like I said, the weather was perfect to get outside and, and enjoy a night like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you went out there and and uh, enjoyed a night of racing and the weather and beat sitting at home and on the ca- – oh, I'm sorry. I guess it doesn't beat sitting hey, at home. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. Well, hey, at the Hickman Heyday Parade, I actually had three or four people come up to me about the podcast and said it was a great show and they can't wait to listen to it next week. So, so uh, the whole town's listening. The whole town of Hickman, man. <laughs> we are partying with the show. Uh, Maybe we should have an audience next time. No. Uh, do you want a live audience in there? I mean, come on now, boys. It, it might be three or four people. Maybe the mayor might show up. <laughs> Well, we got to get through this uh, this live feed first and see if we can work out the kinks on that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gaining popularity. We picked up a, a listener from California. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, yeah, he's he was he uh, posted on Twitter that he's looking for a podcast to listen to because he's out of out of options. And so I posted, well, why don't you give this one a try? And 
and he he responded with uh, that he really liked it. And so uh, Kyle Crew, I'm um, Cruia. He's a uh, uh, I think he's uh, either a car owner in California. He's a car owner in California, number 83, and, and he tuned in, and he really liked what he heard. So uh, hopefully he'll tune in again, and uh, we give him something to actually listen to. Well, now we have Brad, so this won't be a, a quiet show with me and Brandon. It'll be an awesome show. See, <laughs> we got the list guy over here. He's got four different lists going. It's great. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not quite sure about that, but I, he'll he'll probably keep the thing more organized a little bit. So. Uh, yeah. I know with the live stream last week, and I haven't fixed it quite yet, but the, the audio sync was just a little bit yeah. off. But It was like an old Chinese movie. You The, the lips didn't match the sound. <laughs> yeah, there's some settings in here, and I was going to do it before we went live today, and obviously I did not uh, did not quite do that. And It's all right. I mean. Hey, with all those buttons over there, it's good to me. Yeah, so anyways, let's uh, let's kick things off with the uh, drama. I mean, we, we thought we were done with the drama. There was kung fu fighting last week. Uh Drop kicks and fights in the pits and all this sort of stuff. Then uh, Sheldon Hotshield takes up one step further and uh, chucks a helmet out on the racetrack under green flag conditions. Yeah, um, watching that and uh, reviewing Twitter and everything, uh, my personal opinion is I think he had every reason to gripe. Uh, he spun out. He was The car was sitting in a dangerous position. Uh, clearly it's in danger because his car got there, and if his car got there, then another car could get there as well. Um, they should, in my opinion, they should have thrown a yellow right away. No way. Got him a chance to get back out there. I don't agree with the helmet throw because he was already 10 laps down already. Uh, so you write it out and then after the races, you go bitch to the officials. But, uh, I think that he had a legitimate grip, a gripe. There was a time where he was walking away from the car and then he turned around and started heading back towards the car and an official came up and grabbed him to try to pull him away because it, it was too dangerous for him to be there. Well, if it's too dangerous for Sheldon to be there, it's too dangerous for the car to be there, and there should have been a yellow flag. If it was too dangerous for Sheldon to be there, there should be a caution every dang lap of the race. Because look at us photographers. We're closer than that. I, I disagree. There was in that, at that track, there was no photographers even close to that car. At, at Eagle, you guys are a little bit closer, I agree. But on that track, they weren't. And like uh, I think it was Paul McMahon posted on Twitter, that car needed a yellow flag because what would have happened if he spun out because of a drive line hit him or a rock hit him? He could have been injured there and nobody checked on him. The, that's on the safety crew. That's not on on the flagman for throwing a yellow. I know, well, and I'm, I'm going to throw Eagle here because it's where it's our home track. It's where we go every week. Well, some of us go. <laughs> Used to go every week. <laughs> uh, the cars. For, if you look at Eagle, if the cars like on the go kart track, which was it's closer than where Sheldon's car was parked, there's no caution being thrown. The safety crew at Eagle is top-notch. If there's a car that stops in the infield, there is always someone going out there to check on them. So that's what I, I feel that the Sheldon's car was far enough not to be a safety hazard to the other competitors on the racetrack. Uh, your point is it, it might have been unsafe for Sheldon on the infield to be where he was, but I don't feel that was unsafe for the competitors on the racetrack. Well, another, another point that we were talking about before we started the, this, uh, the podcast was that uh, we were talking about how Sheldon is a platinum member. Uh, don't the outlaws kind of des- uh, owe it to Sheldon to kind of protect his his uh, living a little bit and throw the yellow to allow him to get back out on the track and start a tail in Charlie and try to make it back up there and kind of I mean you're protecting your own entity right now because you won't let those drivers race. Uh, 48 hours before or after a race and it has to be at a at a track that the outlaws uh, attend uh, that's protecting their own entity well 
shouldn't you protect their entity a little bit and give back to Sheldon by letting him have the opportunity to make some more money on that night? That would be just favoritism. You, you can't have favoritism in the, if they the do it for every, If they do it, yeah, and there, there's a lot of that uh, accusations going on. But if they do that every time, then it's not favoritism. But, uh, but, the, but one of the complaints about the outlaw officiating, not only this year, but forever, is their, the favoritism and the inconsistent calls. And uh, that's a whole other debate. But I, on this, in this instance, I think they owed it to Sheldon to throw the yellow uh, check on him, let him restart at the back, and let him uh, try to get back up towards now, the front. Now, for the record, I did not see what caused him to spin. I don't know if there was an opportunity for him to stop same, same to stop error. on the racetrack or if he kind of pulled off in the infield. I don't know none of that. I just know where, where we what we saw was where the, the, uh, the car was stopped. Where he ended up. Yes. Yeah, I, that's, I'm the same with you. And based on the camera angle, I was watching the race. And, yep, on your couch. On my couch. But uh, it – you didn't see it. Like it was almost like it never happened. You didn't even know Sheldon was in the infield until he walked out there. Yeah. So to me, I don't know. I agree with Brad, but I agree with Brad because a because uh, Sheldon's for, your favorite driver. Like it's one of the drivers I like, but but he's running for points. It's not just like some guy that shows up. Sorry about your luck, bud. I know, but it, to me, like Brad said, you protect your guys that travel, you know, down the road to all these races. You know he. He could have easily passed three or four cars, you know, get some points out of this. Instead, he's dead last. I mean, that's almost like getting DNF. It happens so early. Uh, he he didn't it. finish the race. He 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 was DNF, Josh. Yeah. Well, yeah. He would he would have got um, top ten if he would have restarted, and that's a huge point. So well, and the amazing thing about that race is there was three sixties in the field. There was a three sixty, I think, finished in the top ten. And it not all about the big old horsepower, buddy. Well, if you watch that, you race get one of those track. little three hundred fives and out there and run with those things. No, you can't. If you if you watch, <laughs> yeah, that. no shot in hell with one of those with the four ten boys. <laughs> well, if you watch the track, it is slicker than no other. Like you just watch the. That, that's where spin. that's where the horsepower does not matter when when the track slicks off like that. It's not a heavy down race track. You're not you're not relying on the the uh, the uh, four ten power. Well, one of the things, and this is probably an extension to this discussion, was uh, the car owner, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., tweeted something about uh, when does the all high high line or high limit uh, series start? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's drama. A, that's we love a, it. That's a lame threat. Uh, Sheldon can't make a living on 12 races. He can if he wins all the damn things. <laughs> that's and true. Nas wants their car to be on the track more than 12 times. Um, it's an idle threat. They're going to be back with the outlaws, and worst case scenario, he joins the uh, he joins the the Brent Marks ser- series, and uh, they they cherry pick. But most of the races are with the World of Outlaws, so um, it's they're gonna they're gonna be back with the the World of Outlaws. They may raise a big stink and stuff. My my one of the things that I think happens is you make a big public to do about this on Twitter and stuff. You're probably not going to get the next call to go your way you're probably not going to get the two-minute uh, clock to go the full two minutes or two minutes and 30 seconds in the pitch. You're gonna, it's going to go a minute 45, and then you're going to lose. And so you can't, I don't think that you can do this in the public like they are and expect to get calls to go their way the rest of this year. I just, I, you haven't beef with the outlaws. You go to the trailer, 
and deal with it there. Or you just uh, show them who's number one as you're getting pushed off the racetrack there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jacob Weaver, he, he, he was the flipping friend off. Of the the show. Show, friend of the show. And uh, he has not gotten in trouble for that by the World of Allies as of last night. So. I don't think, uh, for that, I don't think anybody should be punished for that. I mean, you're showing your discretion, your, your, your unhappiness there. <laughs> now the helmet toss, chucking, chucking the helmet onto the racetrack under green flag. I see a fine coming, or, yeah. or I don't know if you're going to, I don't know if the outlaws will do loss of points. I, I don't yeah. ever st- think they've done something like that, but I know they find drivers in the past. I definitely see a fine coming. Yeah, I would, I would guess, that they, I, and it's probably going to be a secret fine. I don't see it being publicized, but uh, I just think it's going to be a secret fine. Um, another thing that I was going to say about this, and I can't remember what the heck I was going to say, so let's move. <laughs> well, and also on that is a lot of people were commenting that he was flipping off the crowd. And it was like, no, he was no. flipping off the, the guys tower in the, in the tower. The flagman. Yeah. That's why I didn't that, that brings me to what I was going to say is, is um, you know, there's a lot of critics out there on Twitter and Facebook about how Sheldon was childish and Jacob was childish and immature. And you got to you got to act better than that. You know, unless you were in their shoes, most of those critics that are out there right now, I can guarantee you have thrown a thrown a a glass at the TV because uh, their their quarterback or their favorite team threw an interception. Um, they throw on a glass at a TV. Yeah. If you're a Husker fan, that's a lot worse than a yeah. glass. They got no TV left. Yeah. Throw. I mean, it's something like that. You know that they were outraged in a in a a, sound, a town team softball game where they popped up to the pitcher. They they threw their bat and yelled an f word. Have Those you not people, seen? Have you not seen uh, parents at youth sports lately? Yeah, that's what I, that's exactly what I'm saying. And those people are being critical of Jacob and and Sheldon and and uh, Ricky Stenhouse and the and the Marshals when they do it themselves. And that's what frustrates me. Right or wrong, what they did. That's not for me to decide. I know that I am not going to be critical because in their shoes, I don't know how I would have responded. I would like to think that I would have responded in a more mature manner, but I know one. Uh, I know that I've blown up like that in occasions and in, the, in high emotions, it, it happens. And so fortunately, nobody got hurt. Uh, nobody's for the worse for the wear and Sheldon is going to the next race and uh, I'm sure his elbows are going to be up a little higher next time. Yeah, because he's going th- for a three-peat out there at the uh, Ironman. Ironman. Yeah, absolutely. His third win. He loves that track. That track is awesome. So right we now. jumped ahead a little bit. We did not do our quick time award for the week. Um, we just dived into the uh, uh, the uh, the topics of the thing, so we jumped to start there a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, uh, let's, do, let's, let's knock your quick time award out real quick. So my quick time award went to Rico. Um, watching him at Knoxville going from eighth to first, it was like watching a midget, like him and his when he's in a midget, when he was passing some of those cars, he cocked it sideways, you know, like he knew the, the pass was going to hit or the slider was coming, and he just looked awesome. I mean, he he looks like he is ready for nationals. I mean, he is definitely my quick time award winner, and I think he is he's going to be one to one to pick come nationals time. I watched the video. He ran a great race. I, I fell asleep during the future. Not gonna lie, didn't know who won until like two days later. I agree. He ran a he ran a really good race, and uh, he he did the right slide jobs. He he did he ran a great race. Uh, I agree with you. But add, adding to the Knoxville deal, props off to hats off to Knoxville and and Dirt Vision for allowing Flo to run the whole program. Yeah, uh, you didn't have to jump back and forth between streaming services when they ran the three sixties. You could watch a whole program right there on Flow. Yeah, but do you think the guys that have quick or not quick have uh, dirt vision? Dirt vision. Do you think they would be frustrated? I have both. 
I mean, if I was had it dirt, not on dirt version at all, it was not. Okay, I, I didn't know. I just know I I only have flow. No, so it was nice being able to have it on one because then that way you know you could flip through other things. But vice but, versa, I mean, if if you had dirt vision and they only ran the three sixties, you're missing the the all star race. So yes. I mean, yeah. they the, have done that before. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of times where it's happened that way. So uh, let's let's move on a little bit, Brad. Uh, your well, award goes to my award uh, happened last night. Uh, Blake Hahn, he won the feature down at Lakeside with the ASCS uh, National Tour. What a race that was! It was a great race. Yeah, I love Lakeside. I, I Lakeside, it's a it's a really cool track. A little dark. It's hard to see, but uh, he was. It's uh, all Missouri tracks. A little like US thirty six and a little dark, a little hard to see. He was uh, quite a ways back, and then he just slowly picked on them. And there was a couple times he got held up by uh, slower lap cars, but uh, he he went in balls to the wall ten, on lap uh, turn three, and he got underneath Co- Covington coming out of four and took the win. And uh, Covington had a huge lead there. Yeah. Now, and now if Matt didn't screw up on what la- the second to last lap, yeah. I, I don't think Blake would have gotten. Yeah, yeah, it was like coming out of two or something. Yeah. He, he kind of. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, an honorable mention would be. Uh, Anthony Macri going to I seven in a strange track that he's never been to and goes and takes uh, twenty six thousand dollars. Yep, yep. That uh, I'm a, I'm a Macri fan. He he tells it like it is. Uh, he he's a gasser. He's not afraid to go fast. And so I, I'm a Macri fan. But Blake's got my uh, quick time award. How big is the I seventy track? I seventy is it? It's like four tenths. It's it's a little smaller than a half. Smaller than a half and bigger than a third. Okay, so I'm going to say four tenths. He seems to be pretty good on the big tracks. Yeah. So I want to keep things uh, kind of local. Uh, Derek Crawl picked up his first uh, career sprint car win uh, in his rookie season out there at Eagle Raceway. So uh, anytime a rookie can get out there and get his first career win, I, I think it's pretty pretty special. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I Let's don't know him from, from Adam, but uh, props to him for getting his first win. Yeah. So anyways... Uh, <laughs> Let's jump back into our our main topics of the night. Uh, more drama Saturday night was it was it Saturday night when when at Wheat Sport or was that a Sunday night? Sunday night. So Sheldon threw the helmet on on Saturday Saturday night. Saturday. Coming back, uh, who won the race? By the way, on on Saturday night, Donnie Shots. No, it was no, uh, Gravel. David, David Gravel, Gravel. But everybody's talking about the damn helmet yeah. toss. So yeah. no one knows who won the damn race. Yeah. It was Sheldon that stole the show. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie Shots picks up the win the following night out out there at Wheat Sport. But a uh, little hot mic. Caught the flagman <laughs> talking to Donnie afterwards and asking him, "Hey, if you did you like the way I did this? Did you did you notice this? Did, did I you, help you at all? Did, did you see the guy coming? Did, based did these on signals help you at all? Yeah, I see nothing wrong with it. The, yeah. He's a flagman out there. He does it for every freaking race he flags. He's just a guy trying to perfect his craft. Yeah. What we didn't know until this happened, uh, it looks bad. It looks like they're favoring Shotzi. Um, but the the flagman comes down and says, "Hey." Uh, um, did it, did my signals help you at all? I was giving you signals about who was coming second, and Donnie said no. But because um, he doesn't, nobody watches the yeah, damn flagman. No, Paul McMahon even said, "I never watched the flagman." But uh, a lot of people got on Twitter and defended the flagman. That's what they do in the East, in the, in the New York, New Jersey, all the in that area. That's what the flagman does. So um, it's it, for us that don't ever, they're not accustomed to that. That looks bad, but. If that's what they do, then that's what they do, and it's not a big deal. And it didn't even help shots anyway because he never changed his line. He never, never did anything different than what he was doing, and so it, it's not a big deal. There's a lot of people, a lot of these keyboard commandos that are making a big deal, but it's not a big deal. I know, I know. They said he was showing them signals. I didn't see the, any of the signals being shown. I mean, yeah. dirt, let's be honest, dirt vision does not show the flagman unless it's check flag or green flag. 
but I know like guys at local guys here that fly, they'll do, they do different things with the, the two to go, the yeah. cross flies. They all do something a little bit different. I don't see, I don't see the problem. And what I do, what a lot of people don't know is the flag, the flagman is not a world outlaw official. It right. is a local, local track guy. flagman yep. that flies these races. And the world of outlaws gives him a, a Jersey or a shirt to wear. That As our night. friend Jack, he was like, just cause you got a shirt that says official. Yeah. Well, and I saw a yeah, video. Stupid of, ass flagman. <laughs> I saw a video of this guy flagging a different race, and it's an art. He he's very entertaining, yeah. and so I mean, look at Terry Maddox down at the uh, the Chili Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it is an art form. Yeah, and, and Terry Maddox is a lot of fun. And and so they're adding a little bit of pomp and a uh, pomp and whatever. They're, they're adding a little theatrics to it. That's that's great, but uh, we're not there to watch the flagman, so uh, it's not a big deal. Another another thing, it's not a big deal, but Twitter's making it a big deal. And you can't tell me the driver's really paying attention to what the flag man's doing. I mean, you're focusing no, on the race. I, I, first time I drive a race car will be the first time, first time <laughs> I ever drive one. So I can imagine as a race car driver, you don't watch the flagman. You watch the green light, mm-hmm. and you listen on your race receiver. Other than that, you don't pay a damn bit of attention. That's true. I agree, and that and several drivers have said that too. Now, now if you're a race car driver and, and we're completely fucking full of shit right now, Jump on. Let us know that we have no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> and it wouldn't be the first time we didn't know what we were talking about. What kept throwing me off at that race, uh, Weed Sport, was uh, there was a driver named Larry White, and I kept thinking of Larry White, fl- Flagman Larry White, Flagman. He was like, "Oh, here comes Larry White," and I'm like, "What?" Larry hey, White? speaking of drivers, did you see I'm entered in the 360 Nationals? I did. You're from your your brother from Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna win the damn thing. Good luck. That's is that your pick for the three six? No, uh, oh, dude. Have, have you met me? I will never pick myself. Oh man, <laughs> you should get a picture with him at nationals. <laughs> That's three sixty nationals. I don't think he's run the four ten nationals, Josh. He no. might get a ride. No, he won't. Maybe he'll be sitting next to Sasquatch down in turn three or four. You and you and Sasquatch. <laughs> I got a message from him. I was excited. You were. <laughs> Speaking of dumbass race fans, uh, Josh. <laughs> they, they left yesterday, so I'm ready for the video. So uh, you mentioned a little bit, Brad, that Twitter and the keyboard commandos on, on, uh, on Facebook and whatnot. It gives these guys that have no, I mean, like we're ones to talk. We have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but it gives these yeah. guys an outlet that have no clue to speak their voice. I mean, do you think it hurts racing more than it's actually helping it? No, I don't. Um, several drivers that get booed say, as long as they're making noise, that's a good thing. So I, I think it, 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 if done constructively, this leads to a good debate. But when people dive into personal insults and name-calling, that's when it takes a turn for the worse. And I'm all for a good debate. And, and let's talk about it a bit. Let's be mature adults about this. And let's keep the, the personal insults and the name-calling. Let's eliminate that crap. There's no need for that. All it does is just take it to a level it's not supposed to get to. Yeah. I mean, you're having a constructive conversation about it. You're voicing your opinion. When you start throwing people under the bus, like how they're going to do it, it's not... It's going to turn people more away than than really well, focus on the issue. I want to switch gears here a little bit, but same, kind of on the same thing. Like NASCAR, NASCAR fans are, are are the worst by far, in my opinion. NASCAR will post a thing on Bubba Wallace, and everybody's talking about spoiled kid should be driving, and then they throw the race card and whatnot. NASCAR is not stupid; they know if they make a post about Bubba Wallace, people are going to freaking talk about it. Yeah. That's why you see those posts every single day. If you post about Chase Elliott, people are going to talk, but they don't talk as much as they don't. They don't. 
speak positively as yeah. much as people throw out the hate. Right. Yeah. I think in, in, in every facet of life, whether we're talking politics or religion or sprint car racing, just educate yourself. Uh, the videos that are posted know the backstory. Um, there was a post on, uh, on, on uh, Twitter about impractical jokers doing this little joke about this. Uh, Joe was I love pushing jokers. kids out of the way to get an autograph, and people went off on this guy. What a, lo- a low life. What a, what a, piece what a of loser. Crap. Well, it was a TV skit. Get educated on what you're talking about before you talk about it. And I don't want to act like I'm a genius and I know everything because I can. Uh, we know we know the truth is that is not true. Oh come yeah. on! But I do have an opinion, and and opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, and some of them stink more than others. But uh, um, my opinion is educate yourself before you get on and be critical because a lot of times people don't know what they're really talking about because the situation. A video is only a small portion of what actually happened. Get to know the whole backstory before you get really critical on social media. I know it really bugs Brandon because when we get texts, you're always frustrated when you see some of the stuff people post about it. And I guess I don't really pay attention to that side of it because, A, I don't want to see what other people are truly saying about it at times because it it gets frustrating. I don't want to be more mad at what I'm reading than, than whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot oh, of times. I get mad. A lot of times. What, I I, what did I get mad about lately? Oh, the fact that I deleted my website in 140,000. Am I allowed to go there? No. (laughs) So Brandon's new name on Twitter is formerly. I'm just taking a break, taking a break. Sometimes it's nice to take a step back. Look at Brad. Yep. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. Reevaluate things a little bit and buy a camper in a pontoon boat. Hey, that's living. That's living. Yeah. Not a lot of stress out there on the pontoon. Oh, <laughs> you can actually go to the Hickman Lake because you can't have fast boats or anything like that. Hickman so. has a lake. I didn't even know that. We got three lakes. Wow. Yeah. You can put a boat on these things? Yeah, all three of them. You have more lakes than you have people in this town? I think our lakes size-wise probably are bigger than our town. It's not saying much there, but anyways, let's go back to your, your uh, quick time award, Josh. You picked Rico as your, as your thing on. Yes, sir. Does his win make him a contender for the nationals? I, I think it does. And with Ricky Warner behind the wrenches, I mean, come on. You can't, you can't no, beat the guy. He's, no shot. He might not have shots, but he's got Rico. I, Rico's as aggressive or more aggressive than shots. Maybe not as patient at times, but I, I don't see him uh, not Rico's, contending. He's, he's making the A. That's about it. I agree. He's making the A. He may he might run top ten, but he's, if he's not lucky. he's not gonna win. Here's my take on last Saturday. I've been Josh has been this. waiting, been for, waiting this. for this ever since Brad got here. Who went to Knoxville on Saturday with their A game and who went to Knoxville experimenting to get faster for the Knoxville Nationals? Brent Marks went there in June and completely dominated, and he finished his seventh. Did Brent Marks try some experimental setups, hoping that he could find something that might make him just a little bit faster? Or did he just miss the setup and, and seventh was what he was? Did Rico, was Rico experimenting, or did Rico have a st- put his A setup on to see where he's at for the Knoxville Nationals. Same thing happens with the Cappy Classic. They get 75 cars on a Sunday night. Some of them go in there with experimental setups on, different shocks, different um, um, tires, wings, whatever, and they experiment to see if they can happen to find something to make them better for the Knoxville Nationals. So that night, 
who knows what happened i mean unless you go talk to rico and he's completely honest with you he might tell you he stumbled upon something that made him that fast and that's why they went there is to experiment and and the experiment worked or he may have they may have known that that's their a game and they wanted to to win that race and then brett marks and others went in there with an experimental setup because they know what their a game has and so did they experiment and they found out, well, maybe that bar doesn't work with this shock on, on this track. So um, that's, that's my thinking. And that's why I think Rico, Rico's going to make the A and he's going to be up there, but I don't, I don't see him uh, top three. Now question for you, Brad, Mark's coming back and experimenting. Did he experiment with the same car that he dominated with back in June? That's a good question. Cause I know Brian Brown's car that he won the outlaw race is sitting in the shop right now waiting for, next week yeah mm-hmm. and he's another one he looked really good that night uh, in knoxville and and not so good saturday was he experimenting with some different stuff um so um I, you you know that there's a uh, several of them were experimenting and several of them were uh, out there to to do their best and try to give it their best shot to uh, uh just as just to see where they're at so well and even uh Lasoski said that he was that car is sitting in the corner of the shop after they won, right? yeah, they won yeah. the race or yeah. against outlaws. Yeah. And to me that, that shows exactly, you proved a good point right there that yeah, probably people weren't going in with their a game or showing, showing their hand just yet. Right. But I just think Rico, do I think he'll win? He's not actually going to be my pick for nationals, but I think he's going to be right there. I will say Rico's been a lot faster recently. I mean, look what he did at I 70. He, him and he's finding something that's for sure. Yeah, but absolutely. is it, Going to yeah. make him a top contender. They're, they're, I, they're getting things dialed in for uh, next week. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right, boys. I lost track of the time on the uh, camera. That's why the uh, the feed went blank there for just a second. <laughs> why don't we take a quick break? We're going to come back and have our, our feature guest, Wade Unger, on, on the, on the uh, amazing pizza machine uh, hotline. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello, and welcome to the Amazing Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience. With over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. Yes, pizza is our middle name, but our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages with over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's Best Family Entertainment Center and Best Place for Birthday Parties, the Amazing Pizza Machine is the perfect destination for any celebration, and we hope to see you soon. Get your tickets now for the biggest races of the year at Knoxville Raceway. It all begins with four straight nights of sprint car racing action. Thursday, August 4th through Sunday, August 7th. It's the 32nd Annual 360 Knoxville Nationals presented by Great Southern Bank. And then on Sunday night, August 7th, it's the Extreme powered by Mediacom Capitani Classic presented by Great Southern Bank. And it all leads into the 61st Knox Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals presented by Casey's. Get your tickets online now at KnoxvilleRaceway.com. Join Stars photographer B.A. and off-ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll be talking with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but... Uh, 
I was I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some some NHL or he's looking up to, but. I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265, <laughs> Thunderstruck the podcast all season long, right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. You've been, you've been hey, guys. Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer, and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're going to get your same computer back, but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I, I along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that <laughs> added. To the, I want that added. <laughs> shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening I would like to take a minute to tell you about a company that I've used countless times, Crawford Plumbing. It was founded back in 2004 by my good friend, Pat Crawford. Pat's experience, attention to detail, and hard work ethic is what holds him apart from his competitors. Pat specializes in service work and remodel projects for the Lincoln and Hickman areas. Pat is always my first call when something in my house isn't working from a plumbing standpoint, and he is always willing to take my text or call any time of the day. So if you need some plumbing help, make sure to call Pat with Crawford Plumbing today at 402 525-8599 525-8599 or you can find him on Facebook at Crawford Plumbing yeah, you damn right I got what happened out there I'm fine I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammate Steve Kemp wasn't happy with me for crowding but shit I want to win come here come here come here come here pisser piece of shit all that stupid ass flagman they got a dumb ass flagman they can't see All right, guys, joining us on the show right now, uh, a friend of ours all the way from Australia. Just, uh, I believe he just flew in the country uh, this past week, I believe it is. Wade, Wade Onger is joining the program. Wade, how's it going, man? I, I was worried about swearing, and then I just heard the smoke 
belted out. I heard the KMD Jack Hewitt thing just then, like <laughs> the Jason Johnson thing. Like I, all of a sudden, I reckon I can swear like a truck driver, and no one's even going to notice. <laughs> there you go. One thing. One thing we did with the show, we wanted to keep it unedited. Uh, talk how racers talk every now and then. Now we're not going to oh. go through drop the f bomb every other word, but if it happens, it happens. Yeah, it's, it's more organic that way, fellas. There you go. For sure. So you've been putting in some road miles today. What uh, what was your day like today? You sound like you were in, what was it, in Illinois? Or in then yeah, well, Knoxville? Yeah, started off in Brownsburg, Indiana. Okay. And I actually had a really cool experience this morning. I went into the basement uh, and hung out and interviewed Rick Unger, who's oh. like one of the, yeah, one of the true badasses of the, you know, the 70s, 80s sure. uh, era of sprint cars. And he actually raced at my sort of home track, my field of dreams, in 1982 at Claremont Speedway in Western Australia. And I just reached out to him uh, this morning and said, mate, you're not like um, got any plans or anything, do you? I'd never met him, but I said, can I just come and shake your hand and have a bit of a talk about racing? And he said, mate, come on over and took me down in the basement. He's got an incredible collection of some amazing pictures and all the old clippings that he kept from, you know, 40 years ago and some story. So, and then I drove to uh, Danville, Illinois, and caught up with some friends that are traveling across from Australia. They're driving to the BC race, and I just only half an hour ago got back into uh, the Atlantic and Pacific Pub and Candy's Flowers in Knoxville, where I stay above the, those two businesses with Brian and Candy Stickle. Man, that sounds like a I'd, – I'd love to have that life right now. <laughs> That'd be a blast. When you boys come to Knoxville for the Nationals, you need to come to, firstly, the – the uh, welcome to the Nationals block party that happens uh, on the square on Tuesday night, right outside the Atlantic and Pacific pub. It's like a little bit of Manhattan in Marion County. You'll never believe there's a pub or a bar. It's got the big long bar and the bookcases with the the ladder and stuff to get up on the top shelf and get that methanol moonshine down. And it's a, <laughs> there. The, He's taking oh notes from God. Brian Brown there, getting I all the uh, all the plugs yeah, going. Nice plug. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that? Oh, I was trying to be subtle. <laughs> That's awesome. So everybody knows that you have a ton of passion for racing. Where did that passion come from? I think uh, I'm no different to you guys. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I had, a, you know, my first memories of going to the Speedway with my, my grandpa, my papa, and my dad as a three- or four-year-old uh, back in Western Australia. And I think you just, this, you know, you know yourself, it's an assault on your senses when you, when you go to the Speedway. Um, you know, the smell, the noise, the... The speed, uh, the lights, you know, all that stuff, and it just affected me in a, a really profound way. And I was only telling Danny Lasoski the other night that, you know, when you see those little kids just straining at the leash to get into the circus on, the, on the, those parents that have those those walking leads for their, their young kids and the, the kids are just desperate to get into the circus or into the zoo or into the ice cream shop. That's exactly the way I feel when I drive into the city limits of Knoxville. I feel like I'm straining at the leash to just – talk to people and soak it up and just experience everything that is Knoxville. And it's the way I feel when I, when I come into this place, it reignites my passion for the sport every single time. You know, I definitely agree with that. I don't go to Knoxville. Yeah. You're not going this year either. Very much. But, uh, back in the day I used to go all the time when I was in junior high, high school, college. And it was amazing that drive into Knoxville, we would drive in usually during three sixties, like that, the mm-hmm. night, you know, after the first night, you would get there. So you'd go and you'd see the lights from the track and you'd drive by the track. And it was just like the holy grail of, of racetracks to go by. 
And I always remember that pulling in every time. I can still vision it now. It was just, you know, part of your child, child, part of my childhood. That blue water tower as you're rolling into town gets me er- yeah. every single and that time. Big flag, that, that massive big American flag, and then you, then you see the bleachers, and you just start your hair stands standing up on the back of, of your neck. And I know, if, you know, for people that live locally, it's it's a fixture, and it's like it's like anything. It's like driving past the court building or you know the um, cone corner. It's like a part of the town, but when you stand back from it and you come in once a year. You just go, that is the Disneyland of dirt. Like there's just no way to explain how you feel. And and until you're a race fan like us, like we are guys, it's, you know, 99% of people probably drive right past that thing and go, wow, I wonder what that is. Is that the fairgrounds? And for us, it's like we're driving past Graceland right now. Well, and it's right across the street from a high V. I mean, I told my wife when she first went there, I was like, just let you know, this is like the center of town. Like there's buildings, yeah. there's businesses around there and, She's only been to Eagle Raceway here, and she was like, wow, this is right in the middle of town. And I was like, yeah, and they still love it. I mean, it's racing going on on Saturday nights, and no one complains about it. You know, Wade, to kind of go with what you were just saying about how cool it is, um, uh, my wife, my daughter, and I go over there uh, up until this year. We went for ten uh, the 10 days for the last 25 yeah. years. Oh, wow. Um, this year, we're not going to make that, but about three years ago, my wife came over later to join us, uh, like on a Friday night of the 410s, yeah. and she pulled into town at night, and, and she said that the, the the illumination of the lights and the darkness when she pulled into town, she she's not a big race fan, but she likes to people watch, but she thought that was really, really cool when she was coming out of Pleasantdale and heading heading towards Knoxville, and she could see the lights, and it just uh, it makes it just gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Well, you know that, you know, people like us, we never get to experience that because hell, we'd be too late. We're in there from four o'clock in case something accidentally happens. But <laughs> I had that exact same feeling yesterday. I was trying to find a park off West 16th Street near the USAC office because they had a really cool, like a um, they did the draft uh, for the BC 39 race yep. and they sealed off Main Street. And I was trying to find a park in the back stretch, back sort of streets of, of Indianapolis, and I thought, God, I just had this flashback. I thought, I wonder what it's like to live in a house and hear that roar of, um, you know, of those Indy cars, right. you know, and those 400,000 people just across the road from your house. And I thought, it's the same thing, but it's different. If you lived on West Larson Street, you know, in, in Knoxville, Iowa, you'd have to have that same incredible feeling. It's, it's a profound experience, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. I thought it was as cool as hell when I was a kid. I- six, seven years old. I grew up in Donovan, Nebraska, which is a small town, and there's a racetrack. That, well, used to be a racetrack there. <laughs> used to it closed down many years ago, but it was 10, 15 miles away from, from the town, and the wind was blowing just right on Saturday night. You could hear those cars, and I wanted to be there so damn bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the most beautiful part of our sport, boys, is that you can become friends with your heroes. You, you can't go to, uh, to an NFL game and go, that Tom Brady looks like a pretty cool cat. I'm going to go down after the game and buy a T-shirt off him, or I'm going to ask him to sign my hat, and I might add him on Facebook, and we might become friends with him because you can't do that with elite sport on any level. You can't do it at NASCAR. You certainly can't do it at Formula One or, or NHL or NFL, any of those sports, NBA. But in our sport, you can walk down the pits and wait in line and meet your favorite driver and actually have a conversation with him and you might even become friends with him. And that's, to me, I never get sick of that. That is still, I still get a kick out of 
when uh, someone like Guy Forbrook says, hey, Wade, it's good to have you back, mate. Welcome back. Or Daniel Lasoski or Brian Brown or Skip Jackson or any of those people, I still love that our sport is so accessible that you can still become friends with your heroes. I don't think you get that in many other forms of sport. Well, not only that, they're very personable. I mean, they're they're like your friend. You just show up there, and they're just like you 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 hadn't talked to them in a long time. Really, the way they treat you. Uh, look, it depends on the on the driver at the time. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think, by and large, mate, you're exactly, you're exactly right. There are, there are some notable exceptions, and. And, and to bring Sammy up, to bring Swindoll up after every, every well, race. Yes. <laughs> well. yes, it's funny that you mentioned Sammy. And I actually got to um, spend an hour with Sammy at his house last year and sit down with him in his office and interview him. And he made a really valid point. He said, you can't just walk into someone's office in their job and sit down in front of them and expect their time. It's, it's, it, this is my work, he said, and this is my office, but my office has no doors. So in the infield at Knoxville, you can walk right into his office and talk to him, whether it's a good time or a bad time to do that. And I thought, you know, most guys are really, like Tim Cading is a great example. You could you could almost talk to TK while he's rolling, rolling around under the yellows and he'll flip you the bird and smile. <laughs> I've had that so, bird thrown to me by TK before. Oh, uh, that's, that's when you know your friends. When when yeah. TK throws you the bird and if he gives you the double, you go, you know what, we're all right. <laughs> you, 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 mentioned, know? you mentioned, I got to tell this TK story. I, I told it before on the show, but you mentioned Tim Cading there. First time I ever went to Knoxville, I'm rolling up. It was uh, 2005 or six. Uh, Wednesday night gets rained out. So I, I didn't miss Wednesday night because I had to work Wednesday. But I'm rolling up there Wednesday, and it's still pouring cats and dogs. And I go to where we're staying, <laughs> and streets are flooded. And here's TK floating down the street on a flooded uh, flooded street on an air mattress. Oh, nice. Just having a ball. It yep. was the greatest thing. And I knew knew from that moment, this place is heaven. This is this is exactly where I want to be. This is where all the, all, all everything that's going on in the world, that's where I wanted to be. TK is everything that's good about our sport because the pure passion for the sport is is there. And he's so – I remember he didn't make the tra- – he got crashed out at the Warnable Classic, which is our, our Knoxville Nationals in Australia. And he had one of those um, skeleton suits, you know, like that you, you put on with like a um, – yeah, like body t- – like, it was yeah, almost like yeah. cool runnings, but it was yeah. black and had the bones. Well, he, he said, you know what, uh, we're done in, in, on the info. We're done for the night, but I'm going to come up on there, up there in the bar and have some drinks with you guys. But he put on the bone, the skeleton suit and went up and stood in, in, in amongst the fans and chugged beers. And, you know, can you, can you even imagine like an, an indie car driver or someone like that doing <laughs> that? They, not only would they not be allowed to, but it wouldn't happen. So, There'll be a Piagarakai pulling him back and be like, hey, you can't do this, bud. Right. Well, I mean, the world's got too serious, boys. You know, right. like, it's, and that's a worldwide problem. We, we all get offended so easily. And we still have to maintain that at the end of the day, we are a grassroots sport and we are blue collar people and we're not the high end of town. We're just people that like getting dirty and making noise on a, on a Saturday night. God love us. Couldn't agree with you more, Wade, on that. That's uh, for sure. You know, you're, we're talking go back to the Sammy thing. I'm a huge Sammy fan. Ever mm-hmm. since he drove the Bobby Davis Electric number 71, gosh, mm-hmm. years and years ago, I've been a Sammy fan. And I can honestly say I've never had a friendly conversation with him in the whole time. <laughs> have, you, have you ever <laughs> talked to him? I have. I've tried. He's just a quiet <laughs> chap. And uh, um, yeah. I'm just a fan from afar. And I'm still wearing a Sammy shirt right now. So uh, I'll always be a Sammy fan. As I, as I get older, I appreciate more and more his role 
in the sport. And and if you park off to one side, the incredible mind, like his his innovative mind to develop and to to try things different and all those things, park that off to the one side and just put the bad the bad guy in the one car. Are, yeah. are my most fond memories of the TMC car. Yeah, but but he you have to have a villain. You know, great sporting rivalry is based on tribalism, right. and it's based on that's your guy. It sure as hell ain't my guy, and it's and it's like us, you know, banging heads together. Like, well, my guy beat your guy tonight. And if you remember, you know, probably Steve and Sammy, that rivalry in many ways shaped American sprint car racing, and not just American, but Australian as well. Because you yeah. had Steve, the white knight, in the Valvoline car, and Sammy in the black car, and you yep. had the wolf and. So, you know, we, we must never get away from the fact that if we're all vanilla, if we're all put into cookie cutters and you're not allowed to say that, you're not allowed to do this, it, it would be pretty boring. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned oh. – sorry, sorry, yeah. Brad. You mentioned that how that Steve and Sammy uh, rivalry shaped Amer- or American sprint car racing as well as Australian. How prevalent was American sprint car racing in Australia? Because I'll be honest with you. I didn't know how big it was in Australia until the outlaws went down, down under uh, to Parramatta yeah. in like 2003 or four, whatever year that was. I didn't know sprint car racing was that big there. Yeah. Of course I've heard guys of Max Dumsey, Tattnall yeah. and Kading, or not Kading's, but Matson's coming over and, and racing yeah. here as well as Skip Jackson. But how big yeah. is American sprint car racing over there? Well, you, you got to remember that um, before, um, you know, there was the internet, all we had was open wheel. Like that was our that was our conduit to you know being able to to see those cars and now I remember my first trip to America was in 1992 and I went to Hales Corners and it was like I'd I when I saw the TMC car and the the two winners car and Horde in the Penzoil car and Steve in the Valvoline car and Dave Blaney was in the Casey Luna Viva and Ford it was like being you, you suddenly were let let into the wild animal enclosure at the zoo the exotic animals it was like wow they're real. Like you can actually see them, and it, so it was a quite a profound experience. So the Aussie uh, industry has always been very strong, and we call Americans uh, Yanks. So uh, it's a it's a thing where we love you coming down. We love it. Like at the battle between Australia and America, the Yanks is such a big part of our industry and in, in the sport. We don't want you to win. Right? We'd rather that you ran second. Uh, but we love the competition. So America has always been the benchmark as a spectator, as a race car driver, as a crew chief, as an announcer. It's always been what we looked up to. So and you look at, you know, James McFadden, you know, Kerry Madsen, those guys in particular, Ian Madsen, you know, running with the World of Outlaws, Brooke in the early days, Skip winning two track championships. So it's always been a dream of those guys to get out of their – Australian summer, come over here and, and then run a hundred races a year. And you got you ask guys like Donnie Schatz and Logan Schuhart and those kind of guys that go down to Australia, they go, you know what, you, it's a tough deal down there. The, our teams are spending a lot of money and we've got some really good drivers down there now. You know, a good a good kind of pivot off of that is back in the day I remember at Knoxville, Skip Jackson was the big mm-hmm. name. And yeah. for me, I was a huge Don Drow Junior fan. Oh, still yeah. am. Yeah, still am. We're in a shirt yep. right now. But uh, no, I and I was talking to his brother Rodney today, and I remember back in the day that it was always those two battling for points championships or yeah. or races, and but there was a mutual respect between the two. Like there was no mm-hmm. hatred or anything like that, and that was just always a blast to see those two. I had those two together at Knoxville the other night, and I actually you know grabbed them both and said. They're two of the two of the reasons I get goosebumps, and um, 
Don won twelve mains and Skip won twenty five, mm-hmm. and 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 that is that's a significant difference, you know, when you really think about it. But when I walk around town, he was Skip. People are in awe of him, you know. Like it's, I just wrote a column for my newspaper um, article back in Australia just yesterday on Skip. When you walk into an Applebee's with him or a, a Walmart or anywhere down the street. Oh my God! There's Skip Jackson. There's Skip Jackson, and Skip is so uncomfortable with that. He's the least celebrity person you get. He doesn't, he doesn't get it, you know. But but he's a huge part of the culture. Uh, and like you know, Max Dumsney in 1985, Max beat the Wolf and the King in that mystery race. Absolutely, you know, one, of, Oxford, one right? of the most amazing races I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a and it's a love affair that our two countries have had for. Such a long time. And I think it's mainly, I think Americans are just so fascinated by this land that is, you know, 24 hours flying time away and what's it like and we all talk funny and but we seem to like a beer as well and we love race. Well, hell, let's be friends. And I think that's what we, we have in common as countries is we, we complement each other because we're not anywhere near as, as uh, outwardly proud and as outwardly noisy as you guys are where people date <laughs> and stand back. But every Aussie I ever meet tells me the highlight of them coming here is listening to the national anthem and having every person in the stands be quiet and put their hand over their heart and take their hat off. And that's something that until you come here and experience that as an Aussie, you always go back and go, why don't we put flags in our front yards? Why don't Aussies fly a flag like you guys do? We just don't have that really proud patriotism that you guys have. Do you guys play the Aussie national anthem before every sporting event? Like oh we yeah, do? No, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, every yeah. every time. And you know, a lot of times, whenever there's a Yank, uh, an American in you know, racing with us, we always play the American um, anthem as well. Um, so that's an important part. We're big into the pageantry, and I'll and I'll say something to you that Australian promoters and Australian announcers, we are a bit more fan focused. Um, the format. In Australia, you, you, most sprint car drivers will do two heat races in a night. They'll go fastest to the front, and then there'll be an invert from like six or eight or ten in their second heat. So there'll always be a second group of heats unless there's a huge car count. So we're probably more um, spectator-focused. The cars will be on the track more. There'll be more support classes. Uh, but that's all we, 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 we grew up with that in Australia, so that's a culture, whereas I think you guys are quite satisfied and quite happy with you know, like Knox are running 305, 360, and 410 is more than enough. But you go to an outlaw race, there's one outlaw, you know, the outlaw sprints and in one support class. That very rarely happens in Australia. You know, playing the national anthem, the American national anthem is the only time you get us all to shut up at one time. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. I love that I often tell people, I love that Americans just want to talk. Like I hear them, I sit in diners and I listen all the time and someone will say something about, oh, there's a picture on the wall there of Arizona and some guy across the diner will go, you know, my old man used to go through Phoenix. Oh, did he really? Oh, my God. You know, I had an aunt once and she went to like Phoenix and I tell you, and they'll suddenly they're in this massive conversation. They didn't know each other from Adam 20 minutes before and I just love that. They're really friendly, sociable people. Your southern accent is spot on, by the way. I, I like oh, that. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to ask I you. Do a really good New Jersey as well. Yeah, I, I want. <laughs> I want to ask you. You know, yeah. you, you came over to America in '92. One of my bucket yeah. list items is to go over over to Australia and, and catch some races there. What led up to your ability to come up to come be able to come over here for that? I mean, was so there some sort of significant you, event that'd be like, "Hey, no, I have the opportunity no, to do this," or I'm just going to go do it? 
Look, it's pretty well that. I mean, the amount of Americans that tell me, oh, it's my bucket list. I've always wanted to do it. And I go, well, why aren't you doing it? I mean, prior to COVID, we would always just say, well, I'll leave the gate open. Like, you know, come on down. But the the flying time freaks a lot of uh, Americans out and the available vacations that you have. The the perfect timing is January, February, December, January, really, which is your coldest, right? That's when it's inhospitable yeah, snow and all that horrible stuff we can't relate to. Well, that's our summer. So you come down and get your ass fried off by the sun down there and then come back to the snow in February. It's the perfect timing. For me, I was 21. I uh, went with a, with two buddies of mine, and it was like it was a bucket list thing. Let's just do it. And we spent eight weeks over here. We went to Michigan 400. We went to the Pepsi 400. Went up to Delaware. Went to New Jersey. Saw upstate New York URC racing. Uh, just did everything we could. Just everything we could chase with flat track Harleys and just did everything we could. And you just have to say, I'm going to do that. You have to say to me now, I'm going to Australia in 2023 because otherwise you won't do it. You just got to go, I'm doing it. Well, I have a question for you. What Australian driver do you feel has the biggest impact on sprint car driving in the U.S.? Well, like I think past or present. Oh, I think you know. In the, in the current day, everybody looks to James McFadden because he's the um, you know he's the, the established world of outlaw um, you know superstar, uh, particularly with the Casey Kane deal over the last couple of years. And you only have to look and think. Casey Kane could have put anybody in his cars in the last couple of years, and he he would fly James McFadden out for Australia. So I think that's the biggest you know tick you can get. But I think when you look at Kerry, you know when Kerry was running the Kinneric Racing uh, entry and ran second in the Knoxville Nationals and won the Kings Royal. Uh, when you look at Brooke for all the years he was on the road with the Lonnie Parsons team and with Troy Renfro. When you look at Skip at Knoxville. When you look at Max driving for Trossel. You know, there are – and I'm, I'm missing so many people. Jamie Moyle. Like, Jamie Moyle was a Knoxville regular here in the Snickers 5T all those years ago. So it's really hard to measure anyone specifically. I think that the early guys paved the way, and now we are glued to the success of Australia. Linton Jeffrey running over here as well. Like So Peter Murphy. Now, there's another one. Peter Murphy, not just yeah. a racer but a promoter. So, you know – Beautiful part is I can't tell you the answer to that because there's so many of them. Well, look at the old man Brooke Tatnell still putting it to all these guys. Yeah, uh, he's he got what, he's three or four wins this year. That's that's awesome. Oh, he's yeah, and Brooke is a Brooke is a really quality person, boys. Like he Brooke will give you the shirt off his back, um, and he'll he'll help anybody that that needs help, even to his own detriment. Uh, his son Garrett is going to be something pretty special. Like he's already had, I think, thirteen wins or something this year in carts and oh. micros and things and. It's funny because the other day Lockie McHugh um, was over and Lockie is one of our gases. Marcus Dumsney was over as well. And Lockie McHugh, I said to him, I said, mate, have you raced here before? And he goes, no, I've never been here before. I said, uh, come with me. And he goes, what? And I said, just, I went over and said, Skip, meet Lockie. Lockie, meet Skip. Skip, tell him what to do. And and Skip's first advice was don't turn it to flag stand, right? Because we don't, we don't most speedways in Australia would fit twice inside Knoxville. So I always point Skip and Brooke at the new Aussies when they come through and say, listen to these guys. Rusty Hickman, for example, who's hardly raced much in America at all. I point him straight over Skip. Skip came over and spent the night with him at practice. Brooke helped him at uh, Houston's the other night. So there's that beautiful camaraderie from the forefathers of our sport helping the kids, you know? Yeah, I mean, that was actually one of my questions was, what is the Skip talk? Because you had said it uh, at Knoxville last weekend. I was like, wonder what that yeah. is. And I wasn't really paying attention at what it actually was. And 
Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense now, what he was telling them. Yeah, yeah you don't turn up the flag stand. every one of us. He said every one of us has done it, including Skip. He said, when I first came over, I got past the flag stand and turned her in left and almost drove across the ambulance because you're oh, just geez. not used to the speed and the way the, the wing reacts and how quickly it turns in and all those things. So um, Skip's thing was to be smooth, be smooth, gent- just gently work the wheel. And that's really easy to say. And then you get out there and you're doing 130, 140 mile an hour off the end of the straightaways like – that's a pretty daunting experience. So you've been to many racetracks in Australia, many racetracks here in America, mm-hmm. and a little birdie's told me that Made Rights is your favorite food out, oh, out there in Oski. <laughs> oh, my God. You, know, <laughs> I, I, you might get some bad words now. <laughs> is, is that where you first had one was out there in Oski? Because uh, yes. my friend Max Doddler, photographer, buddy of mine, and fellow, fellow photographer, that's where I first had one, too, and it is garbage. Thank you. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I agree. It's I mean, good. Americans are notorious for eating anything. I mean, you give us you give us shit about Vegemite, and I can live with that, but Americans can deep fry or put cheese on anything and call it food. <laughs> and Brandon will eat it. I, I mean, I will eat it. Don't get me wrong. I, I feel that every racetrack has a signature food item there, and that's what I will eat when I go to that racetrack. Pork tenderloins in Knoxville, I'm eating a pork tenderloin. Made rights at Oski, yeah, I want to shovel one down and bear, bear it, but I think it's something I've you have to do. Made right one, though. That's what Eric Arnold tells me. No, no, no. What you had at Oski wasn't a made right one. And I just think it's like they come up with a word for something that just falls apart. Oh, let's just call it a loose meat sandwich, and people will relate to it. It's like a walking taco. I was like, wow, what's a walking taco? Well, you just pour the shit into a, in a little uh, in a Doritos packet and you walk with it. Like, wow. That is my favorite thing in Knoxville, by the way, is a walking taco. Get, is it really? Get, get, the, yeah. get the hell out of here, Josh. For, for no. my Pork tenderloins. They're pretty good. I'll have two or three a night. Well, I'm not saying they're not good, but Knoxville, you got to go to the North Coat Meats across, right across from the racetrack yep. and have a pork tenderloin. Yep. Yeah, because I'm having walking taco for the Knoxville National Party. I'm having at my house, and everyone's like, "What's that?" And I'm like, you "Just wait. You get this this bag of chips and just throw stuff in it. It's throw a bunch shit and call it a taco." To be honest, Knoxville is very um, Knoxville is one of the best racetracks on the planet for um, the variety of really good quality food. Like um, Nick and Kirsty Peterson at Checkered Flag Concessions, they do phenomenal and as a featured food every week and. They do a phenomenal in a range of, of food. So Knoxville itself inside the raceway is probably next level. Last year, I experienced my first ever Super Nationals at uh, Boone Speedway, the IMCA Super Nationals, and the steak sandwiches, you would walk across a mile of broken glass just to smell one. They are so good. So I, I'll put it out to you, boys. If you go to Boone for Super Nationals, you got to have a steak sandwich. Yeah, I, I will agree. Boone, I've been to Boone one time, and steak sandwiches are good, but they're not nearly as good as the steak sandwiches at Eagle Raceway when they have them for the 305 Super Nationals. Has, oh, hey, wait, oh, have you ever been that? to Eagle? Yeah, you know what? So firstly, that race last year was epic, wasn't it? Like, wow, that, that 305 race for the, the Nationals event, the 305 IMCA Nationals, wow, that was cool. Uh, I was talking to Dan Taylor about that. I went to Eagle with Brooke Tatnell, <laughs> In 2000, in his motorhome, I drove with him, and it rained out after hot laps. We went into Lincoln, proceeded to get um, hydrated inside of the That's a good idea. 
and I poured myself onto a plane at five o'clock in the next morning and flew to Mississippi to sign a, uh, a late model driver to come race in Australia. I smelled like a polecat. The airlines lost my bag. I must have made a fantastic impression, but he still came to Australia anyway. So short answer, I saw hot laps at Eagle, and that's my kind of track, boys, to be honest, Brandon. I'm a back-it-in guy. I like to see the tail tank. I like to see someone like Horde. Or, you know, they remember the Brad Nofsinger and Kerry Fass and those guys that just always had the USAC cars on the right rear? Oh, yeah. I like, I like seeing them back it in, boys. So that's my – Eagle's my kind of place, even though I only saw it very briefly. The, these other two co-hosts, uh, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. They were too young for that. So, Hey, but hey, I, I, know. I know about backing it in, all right, bud? Hey, hey I got to kind of change the pace a little bit. Uh, Wade, a couple of years ago, you had a very prominent speedway closed down, and I believe it's mm-hmm. because uh, too many people moved uh, moved close to it, and they they forced it closed. Was that which one was that? Was that Parameta? Was that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys found a suitable replacement mm-hmm. for that track? Oh, yeah. Have you? So yeah, absolutely, we have. Um, so the New South Wales government they did what they call a compulsory land acquisition. So they just basically grabbed a bunch of land in the area, including a ton of local businesses and some private residences, and said, there's nothing you can do about this. We are going to create a train, like a shunting yard, you know, like they would just basically park the trains up in the area. Now, Parramatta, uh, we used to be called PCR, then Valvoline Raceway. It was there for 40-plus years, and the government just said, well, we're taking it. But they did, because of a backlash, they did say, we will build you a replacement about 20, 20 miles uh, down the road, down the highway. And we all went, mm, government, do we really trust that this is going to happen? You know, COVID hit at the time. We are all like, this, these people had the perfect excuse to bail out on us and not do it. In the end, they built a $50 million speedway, which is now known as Eastern Creek Speedway, uh, exactly like they said they would. They made a basic copy of Parramatta but with a fence because Parramatta was like Lernerville, didn't have a wall around it. So they built a 50 – the government built a $50 million replacement, Eastern Creek Speedway. So that's that's the happy end of that story, boys. Wow. Cool. That's great that the, you at least have another track. Hell, I wish Walmart would build us another speedway for taking over uh... – Yeah, Midwest. Well, we're losing I-80 Speedway after this year, so we're down to yeah. one track. I heard that. That's devastating news. Yeah. I love that place. And the Kaziskis, uh, they have their track figured out, so they rarely miss the track. And uh, they, they rush through the show. There may be five or six classes, but, damn, we're, we're done by about 11 o'clock every night. And they, oh, they run is really that what happened the last show. time I was there? They, <laughs> yeah, they got done at like 1 I in the I said morning. most of the time. But uh, they do a great job, so it's going to be sorely missed, at least around here. I think uh, my friend Chris Krug has a uh, embroidered set of boxer shorts with I-80 on the front <laughs> and on the back. He is in love with I-80. He's always like, man, you got to come to I-80. Man, you got to come to I-80. And uh, that um, that Silver Dollar Nationals event recently was pretty huge too, wasn't it? They I mean, do a great yeah, job. Yeah, real do. good job there yeah. out there. Well, I'm done. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know Josh had a so, list of questions. So, but. Okay, I have one. What is your top three, top three things to do during Nationals? If you, have, if you had to tell a fan that Are we in the rapid-fire section now? No. Ooh. Well, not yet. That's okay. three questions in one, really, wow. or three answers. Wow. Um, gosh. Uh, 
Everybody uh, always says you got to go to Dingus. Dingus, go to the sides bar and grill. Yeah, you turn turn three. But wait to see what the sides bar and grill are up to this year. We've got a, another little. Uh, they've been doing more renovations inside the, uh, the trail. <laughs> oh jeez, so, uh, you can only imagine. Um, so I think the first bit is just the whole experience of walking in the place and 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 interacting and seeing people watching and seeing who you see and and just pressing the flesh and saying good day to old friends because it's like a Christmas reunion. It's like and, – and and you got Paul Sides rolling who's like everybody's favourite drunk uncle. There's just there's just so many great people. So probably the first thing is just the, the people themselves. Um, A&P Pub having a, having an icy cold cocktail at the A&P in the square is always one of my favourite things. The Rib Shack I'm obsessed with, like the just the quality of, of what they knock out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. C's. Mr. C's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah well, no this, it's now called Mrs. D's. It's, yeah, um, is it really? Is it? Yeah, they sold it. Yeah. Oh, damn. It's been a while since yeah. I've been there. I'm, I'm missing out. I can't wait to get back there this next week. It was on Twitter. The Hall of Fame <laughs> The Hall of Fame has, has got to be right up there too, guys, because yeah. um, that is just a truly phenomenal, a phenomenal place. And Bill Wright and Bob Baker and their incredible team, when you get guys like Shane Carson and those people coming in to coordinate that whole week as well with all their autograph sessions and all their stars and their most updated cars and things. So, you know, I think those those things right there are probably even even just just simple things like going to Cone Corner and getting an ice cream or um, you know just walking across the High V and buying a bottle of methanol moonshine that's in High V starting uh, pretty short tomorrow. Just saying, that's where you can get uh, it, Josh. I know so, you're asking. So yeah, I, I as you're, you you don't see us on Facebook, but. Uh, Actually, we record from my bar in my basement, and I was telling Brandon, I was like, I was asking what you did, and I didn't know, and he's like, methanol moonshine, and I was like, oh, that'd be awesome to get one of those for my bar, so I was like, Brandon, you need to pick me one up when you go to Knoxville, he goes, you have to go to Knoxville first and get it yourself. They I'm just really trying to get him, really I'm trying to get him to go to Knoxville, that's all I'm doing. And I think that's important. I think that way it's a win-win, Brandon, right? That's yeah, it way. is. Yeah, that's a win-win. There you go. <laughs> you know, yeah. on things we're to actually, do. Uh, I, we're working really hard on getting into Nebraska, actually, on trying to hey, be licensed to be able to uh, to distribute in Nebraska. We're in Minnesota now. We're in South Dakota. We're in Pennsylvania. And we sure as hell are in IOWA. So we're <laughs> slowly but surely we're not necessarily George Clooney yet, but we're creeping up on their asses. <laughs> you know, on things to do, uh, I've gone over there for like 25 straight years, and I've been to Pella wow. one time, and that was yep. to go over to Walmart to get me a power cord for my camper because the, the Knoxville Walmart didn't have any. <laughs> but, you yes. know, everybody always says, you know, go to the bakery over there, which is awesome, and, and yep. it could be awesome, but... I never want to leave Knoxville because I don't want to miss something that yeah. may or may not happen. So FOMO. I stay in Knoxville and I walk down to the Midway all the time. I, I just yep. hang out because I don't want to miss something that might happen. I think you're exactly right. There's two things about Pella. There is uh, there's incredible pastries and great coffee. But the second bit is Craig Ford uh, and Pella Motors because without without Craig Ford and without Pella Motors, I couldn't do the things that I do. Last year, I put 14,000 miles on a Jeep Cherokee that Craig loaned me for three months. I worked He's at 8,000 now, by the way. Are you really <laughs> at 8,000? I drove uh, across Australia and back twice I worked it out. like that's. I didn't realize that's what it was getting to Holy be. Holy but you know what people don't do when they come to Knoxville enough is come to the square. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't think there's a town here. And I, that sounds like a really stupid thing to say, but a lot of people just go up and down North Lincoln and Lincoln there, you know, where the 
raceways and think, well, you got Dingus there, you got T-Shirt Alley, you got Mr. C's, you got the Rib Shack, you got Pizza Hut. You know, you got all those things, so why do you need to go into town? Well, there's a beautiful square with an incredible courthouse. There's a whole square of, like, phenomenal Chinese restaurants and Mexican restaurants and a great flower shop. and The ice cream a, shop down there you cool. got to go to. Yeah, What's that? The ice cream shop right down there. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but you have to go to that Cone too. Corner. Yeah, Cone Corner. Oh, yeah. It, there's, there's so much more to this little city than people realize, and, and I, I, it worries me a bit that people don't understand that. They should come into town itself and just just have a look around. You'd be quite surprised how much there is to this community. But the garage sale, the yard sales. Now, I didn't see many yard sales last year. Josh, you would love the yard sales. You're a big garage sale guy. To go because of that. There you go. I think that most Americans in Knoxville go, hey, the Aussies will be here soon. Let's throw out all the shit that we don't need. <laughs> <laughs> can they fit in their bag on the way home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's honestly what happens. So last year, because of COVID, there was, I think it was only about a handful of us that made it over, whereas it's estimated there are 2,000 Australians that come to the Nationals every year. Holy cow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And no direct flights from Des Moines to Not Australia. Yet. No, closest my my trip this year was horrific. It was it was Sydney to LA, then Vegas for four hours in the airport, and then Denver, Denver Des Moines. So oh, I had oh wow, yeah, that was twenty twenty seven hours. That wasn't much fun this time. I kept thinking, just think it'll be the nationals soon. It'll be the nationals soon. You'll be right, and it's always worth it when you get to Des Moines. It's the most friendly airport in the world, Des Moines. Honestly, it's, and then you get to LAX, which is like walmart with airplanes and <laughs> i had a very nice full body experience with a one of the uh, the old security people at lax this year which made my trip memorable it was, <laughs> i think we i think we dated boys i can't be honest <laughs> until, but he said he was going to call me but my phone hasn't rung yet so obviously he got more out of it than i did with with all the traveling you have you ever start, thought about doing like a vlog style with all your travel i follow a f1 photographer kim illman i believe he's from uh, perth as well okay and and he does Travel vlogs of all this, all all this travel stuff going to all the F one races out there. And I, I find I it fascinating. I, I mean, I can't. I obviously I cannot travel like he does, but just watching him is I find fascinating. I think everybody would enjoy your content. You you kind of did that two years ago, didn't you? When you were leaving yeah. Knoxville to head to I don't remember yeah. where you went, but you stopped Honorable. in Nebraska and took a tour of the stadium and yeah Craggy yeah. <laughs> took us to uh, his favorite place on earth husker stadium yes that yeah. was and, and he took me to the place where you can see the trophy and there the museum thing where the wall slides back and and that, chris knelt before the trophy and yes and that's where brad works by the <laughs> way that, that's where i work and, and and i was supposed to meet you guys but i something happened you either come in late or early and, and we never got oh, to brad meet, uh, as but, i've uh, seen you work you probably ducked out a little bit early i probably did but uh yeah so that, brad I, I hate to um I hate to say this, but I'm going to get two words for you now, Brad. <laughs> Don't Kinnick be an Iowa fan. Stadium. <laughs> Kinnick oh, Stadium. there it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I get a lot of heat. How, from, how many uh, from, championship trophies do they have at that building? Uh oh. Hey, when did you win that? When did you win that last one again? Just they me. live off of were when you, they win it last. Then, <laughs> I, I can't hear you. I have five rings. I can't hear you. <laughs> so you know what? Do you know what I say? Because the Cyclones fans always they say to me, they walk up to me when I got my Hawkeyes hat on, they say, "Hey, you got some shit on your hat." And for a split, se- for a split second, I go to check it, and then I go, then they say, "Why are you a Hawkeyes fan?" I go, "Hey." Have you got a children's hospital at your I, I will admit yeah. that, is yeah, that is simply cool. amazing. There's no there's no one that's got to come back. I just go drop the mic. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, 
I've been to a couple games there with, with the, the Huskers and, and one game we won and one game we lost. But when they do the IOWA, that is oh, so yeah. cool. And, you know, we've got an Aussie that um, is the punter for the Hawkeyes in Tory Taylor. So it was a really memorable experience. I went with um, Blake Anderson and Kyle Agan and Jeff Lucas yeah. and those guys to when we beat the Hoosiers in the opening game. I've never been to a college football game before because normally I'm back in Australia by then. Yeah. And then, then we went to Maryland and watched us kick the Terrapins' ass by 50 points as well. So it was a phenomenal experience. And that's, the thing that you Americans do far better than Aussies is you celebrate the whole day like it's an experience. It's yeah. not where you go to watch a football game. That's almost incidental to the celebrations that go on. And the way you celebrate, this is your Hall of Fame basketball team from your top 10. From <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you was know? a recording. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you do so well. You honor you honor people. The Hall of Fame is a big thing over here. In Australia, we're, just not, we're not that historically focused. I don't think we still celebrate our champions, but Nowhere near like like you guys. So I just I, – I remember I rang uh, Rush Hour, I think, coming back, and I was just like uh, – sound off. I rang sound off. And I've never experienced anything like that Hawkeyes game. That's that's phenomenal. We've got three or four Aussies on, on my track team that I work for, so uh, um, it's always fun to sit there and talk to them and see where they came from and all that kind of hey, stuff. I'm so more impressed fun. with the Aussie hot NHL hockey player, Nathan Walker. I mean, hockey is my sport, so I mean – Oh, is it? So the fact that there is an Australian in the National Hockey League that is, is cool. awesome. So you meant, uh, I'm going to cut you off there. You mentioned that the Hall of Fame a little bit uh, and how we honor drivers of the past and whatnot. What's your yeah. dream heat race? If you could pick six drivers of all time wow. in a heat race, what would that, who would those drivers be? Jack Hordenchild, Jack Hordenchild, Jack Hordenchild. <laughs> 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 I just want to see him again. I just want to see him again. Yeah. Um, Oh, look, you know, that's a heck of a question. Um, I'll, I'll throw uh, – God, that's a really good question, Buggy. <laughs> <laughs> you got him stumped here. Can I play hey, the it's, it's, It might be the only time we, we got Wade speechless. <laughs> Indeed, I did have a relations with that woman that was not appropriate. Um, <laughs> he managed to get his way out of that. Look, it would have to have Horde in it in some form, definitely. Uh, it would definitely have to have some of our Aussies like, you know, Brooke and Skip and Kerry and, you know, people like that and Max in it. It's got to have Steve and it's got to have Sammy. So can I can I pick three three of the greatest, you know, with Horde, Steve and Sammy? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's your heat race. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, like, it's like the draft, uh, the, uh, the BC39 heat race draft. I mean, you get to pick your heat race. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I wow. got a different. Yeah, good. Point. That's a good way of looking at it. That's a bastard of a question. Thanks for that. Could have told me about that one in advance. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'd like to keep things on uh, uh, the surprise around here. So, who do we need I've, to keep an eye out for coming up from Australia that uh, in a year or two might be the next uh, the big the next big name to come out of Australia? Look, there's a, there's a couple of kids over here, and I say kids because they're in their early twenties. Uh, Lockie McHugh. He's a gasser. Okay. Like he's just uh, he's he races a very professional team down in Australia, ECP Racing with Garrett Engines, and the kid's got no fear. and And for as hard as he drives, it's rare that he he unloads. Uh, Marcus Dumpney is a class act. His older brother Matt is a really good racer as well. The the two um, youngest boys of Max Dumpney. Um, you know, Rusty Hickman, who's over here at the moment, Rusty's a gasser as well. He's got no fear and no mortgage. So he's one of those guys who will just, <laughs> you know, really get after as well. So 
I mean, there's there's a lot of really talented guys. That the challenge, boys, is for them to come over here and spend enough time here. Yeah. You, you come over for a month, and, and if you run at Knoxville, like Jordan Brazier used to do that, right? Gary Brazier's son, he'd come over and run at Knoxville. It's so hard to translate what you learn at Knoxville to Australian track because they're a third of the size. So unless you go to Pennsylvania and, and race your ass off over there or go to California or and even Ohio and, and you know Indiana and, and Iowa, they're much slicker you know, racetracks in Australia as well. So it, it's hard. You've got to come over, I think, and spend – six months over here and just race, race, race. That's what James McFadden did. That's what Kerry Madsen did. That's what Ian did. I think that's the way you've got to approach it. So there's some great talent in Australia, but whether they're going to get the chance to race consistently enough here to improve their game, that's the question. Well, your your tracks over there seem to be a lot more narrow than what they are, yeah. ours are too, and it just amazes me that you guys can have a, a competitive sprint car race on what appears to be mainly a two-lane track, and there's just not a lot of margin for error. Well, look, the Perth Motorplex is more like a uh, like in Eldora, like it's a it's a big, wide open, banked um, track in in Western Australia. The new track at Eastern Creek Speedway is very wide and quite banked and racy. Warnable is a phenomenal two and three wide um, track that's high banked. Borderline Speedway in Mount Gambier is a real racy little flat bull ring in a gorgeous little um, city of of Mount Gambier. Avalon Raceway is like gut slick flat as a shit carter's hat uh, <laughs> really uh but really racy so we've got lots of you know, we just had archfield speedway up in queensland toowoomba is a really racy high banked wide place so i like the name you might, i like these names they're pretty cool toowoomba yeah <laughs> yeah look um dirt vision obviously um you know covers a lot of the, the stuff that happens in australia but you might not get a complete representation of of the raciness of the racetracks we definitely work the track a lot more that's something that you very rarely see in America, whereas in Australia we often grade the track, you know, even a couple of times during the course of the night. Nowhere near as much, much as they do at um, Boone, but some are in the middle. So it's just a different surface and a different size, I think, you know, and nowhere near as much banking. Definitely. So we, we probably have you on for hours and hours, but um, we want to wrap things up here uh, with some rapid-fire questions. Uh, what's your favorite racetrack? Racetrack? Yeah, what's your favorite one? Oh, my God. It's always going to be Claremont Speedway to me, which is now, unfortunately, just a showground, but that's the place I grew up, so that will always be my ascot, you know? Uh, is it a, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> what kind of question is that? <laughs> it has a bun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's the most random question I've hey, ever been asked. Uh, we, got, we got some we more. We got some good ones for you. Wait. <laughs> okay. Um, would you rather have wet feet for 24 hours or Cheeto fingers for 24 hours? I apologize, Wade. Uh, this is not my doing. <laughs> you got quiet. <laughs> Neither. How is the marijuana in Nebraska? <laughs> we got some good shit here, Wade. Um, I'm going <laughs> to, apparently, um, I'm going to go with the wet feet under the guise that I'm at the beach and it's miami and there's tea backs everywhere <laughs> all right well who would win in an arm wrestling competition between you and uh Them. tony bachoven oh bock bock mate bock's got guns he, he i'm sure he'd win i'm sure he would <laughs> all right more on more along the lines of the fight who would win in a fight tom cruise or uh carrie madsen Oh, Kerry Madsen would kick Tom Cruise's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry, Kerry would kick most people's asses. 
That's all we got. That's was, all we got? Yeah. I don't have... Well, the other one, so like the girls at my work told me to ask was, uh, is cereal considered a soup? No. Hell no. It's in a bowl. It's liquid. And a more real question. Brad's like, I'm done. <laughs> when you come to America, is there a food that you you look for that you can't get back in Australia or else maybe it tastes different here that you really like? Is there a food that you really... Um, really seek out when you get here to America? Yeah. yeah. I wish I was closer all the time to Arthur Bryan's in Kansas City. Oh, okay. That is my absolute go-to. That is my jam. Um, yeah. The burnt ends at that place, which yeah. I discovered quite randomly. A taxi driver once took me there when I was in Topeka for the, the – remember the drag, the paperclip drag strip yep, place yeah. they had with the outlaws? Yeah. And a taxi driver took me in. I thought I was going to die. He drove me into a very sketchy-looking part of uh, the world. And it was the best, best ribs and burnt ends and ham I've ever had in my life. So that is absolutely uh, my go-to. The other thing I, that we miss when we come here is coffee. Like you guys have coffee, but it's very we're very coffee snobs in Australia. So wow. um, we're, we're not a huge fan of coffee in America. As so a Starbucks is not coffee. No. Oh count. my no, god! No. Uh oh! Don't wow. tell my daughter that. So so your go-to coffee in Knoxville because I'm going to be there Saturday. So where's your go-to coffee in Knoxville? Yeah, um, Coffee Connection in the square okay. in, uh, in Knoxville, like right opposite the courthouse and across the road from Candy's Flowers. They have fantastic uh, – and, and Craig loves the cheeseburger chowder. I always want to say that like I'm from Boston. Chowder. <laughs> you got the chowder. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, I do have one last question. Oh. Have you ever been to the F1 race down in Australia? Uh, yes. I wanted to say – <laughs> but, um, but no, um, yes, I used to announce uh, a an actually a mini Cooper S series, you know, the um, mini Clubmans. Yeah. So it was uh, it was called Mini Challenge. It was like a universal formula, and uh, they were a support class um, for the F one Albert Park. And so a couple of times, it's funny funny thing actually. The Grand Prix organizers told. Um, the um, mini challenge organizers that your uh, commentator is not required tomorrow. And uh, I don't think I was their style. I think I was a little bit too eighties and a little bit too speedway. And uh, <laughs> the organizers of mini challenge, obviously that, you know, you have to talk very well, very polished and very, it's all yeah. about the formula one and the push to pass button and all that crap. Oh yeah. So um, the mini challenge organizers said, well, tell you what, he'll be there tomorrow and he'll be having a blast. So just get used to it. So, um, yeah, I'm not a Formula One fan much at all. I love Daniel Ricciardo. I so love that's what I was going to say with Daniel Ricciardo. Oh, he's, and look, Mark Webber is a huge sprint car fan. He's a massive Steve Kinzer fan. He came to the Nationals uh, yeah, last I saw him year. At, yeah, really? I've seen him at the Nationals before. Yeah, he, he loves it. So I'm not a Formula One fan, but I, I do I do love Daniel Ricciardo. He's a Perth boy and uh, he's a star. All right, that's awesome. Wait, I want to thank you for jumping on tonight. Like I said, we could probably go for another hour or so, but uh, – we have we have work in the morning, so um, I, I will definitely be looking you up when I get to Knoxville. Uh, I'm sure if I'm running around with Brad, we might stop by and say hi. Um, maybe I'll get Josh finally convinced to go up there. Nope. After that uh, question about cereal and hot dogs, Brandon, I just want to say have a good day at the mushroom factory. <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, Wade. Thanks for jumping on, and we will catch up with you later. Hey, sounds good, boys. I appreciate your time. And don't forget methanolmoonshine.com.au. See ya. Hello, and welcome to the Amazing Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience. 
with over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. Yes, pizza is our middle name, but our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages. With over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday parties, the amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration. And we hope to see you soon. Get your tickets now for the biggest races of the year at Knoxville Raceway. It all begins with four straight nights of sprint car racing action. Thursday, August 4th through Sunday, August 7th, it's the 32nd Annual 360 Knoxville Nationals presented by Great Southern Bank. And then on Sunday night, August 7th, it's the Extreme, powered by Mediacom Capitani Classic, presented by Great Southern Bank. And it all leads into the 61st Knox Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals presented by Casey's. Get your tickets online now at KnoxvilleRaceway.com. Join Stars photographer B.A. and Off-Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. Where we talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I was I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some, some NHL or he's looking up to, but I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265, <laughs> Thunderstruck the podcast all season long, right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. You've been, you've been hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers in Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're going to get your same computer back but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. I would like to take a minute to tell you about a company that I've used countless times, Crawford Plumbing. It was founded back in 2004 by my good friend, Pat Crawford. Past experience, attention to detail, and hard work ethic is what holds him apart from his competitors. Pat specializes in service work and remodel projects for the Lincoln and Hickman areas. Pat is always my first call when something in my house isn't working from a plumbing standpoint, and he is always willing to take my text or call any time of the day. So if you need some plumbing help, make sure to call Pat with Crawford Plumbing today at 402-525-8599. Or you can find him on Facebook at Crawford Plumbing. 
Welcome back to the show, guys. I want to thank Wade Onger for joining on the amazing Pizza Machine Hotline. Great conversation we had with Wade. He is one of a kind, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I thought that went way better than I was anticipating because he is so popular. So many people have him on podcasts and interviews and so forth. Uh, I didn't want to ask the same old question. That's why I asked about hot dogs yeah. and if cereal soup. <laughs> and he got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it went. Who the fuck asked those kind of questions? I think it went pretty well. So uh, uh, thanks to Wade for jumping on a podcast from a bunch of hillbillies in Nebraska. So let's wrap things up here with a couple of quick topics. Uh, Kyle Larson received an awesome birthday gift the other day, getting his uh, first outlaw win, a sprint card given to him. Have you guys ever gotten an awesome gift like that? <laughs> Not for a birthday, uh, no. We uh, we ha- I haven't. Uh, usually, birthdays are low key in my family. We get uh, we have like a twenty dollars spending budget, and that's about it. So it's not a big deal. But uh, no, I've never gotten a sprint car for any type of gift. Uh, probably the biggest gift I've ever gotten. I wouldn't say it was even my birthday. It was when JJ Riggins gave me the photo that you see in the the man or that's the race even, cave. That's even more uh, precious than the gift of the children your wife gave you. No. <laughs> but okay, my wife is, we we literally exchange like twenty I, thirty dollars. It. It's like go buy what you want for thirty bucks. Yeah, no, I get it's it. Good, <laughs> I definitely get it. But uh, what's uh, yours, Brandon? I don't know. Birthdays always freaking sucked in my family. Um, my thirtieth birthday, Brittany threw a surprise. Well, I knew about it, but it wasn't a surprise party. But she wanted to make a big deal about it have people over and i we never did birthdays at at my family i'm like oh what the hell fine make her happy but between her and her mom they got me a canon 1dx mark ii not 1dx mark ii a canon 1d mark ii so wow pretty nice camera is is that a camera yeah it's a camera that's pretty impressive yeah so that was probably the coolest thing that i ever gotten for a birthday gift cool um kyle larson news though staying on kyle larson trying to stay on kyle larson's topic uh uh, a lot of people don't know, but uh, he he won a midget feature at uh, IRP in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, got all the accolades and so forth. But uh, he got disqualified, and uh, the car was too wide. I've never heard that before. She's a fatty, that's why. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but the car was too wide. And so Kyle O'Gara gets on his Twitter and posts that uh, Kyle Larson gets the win, but he gets the check and the points. And so... USAC has never made a statement about it. it well, um, it wasn't a points race. He gets he gets the 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 no, my, my, the prize. Kyle, money. Kyle said he gets the points and the and the check. So, but whatever. Uh, but the, the the thing is, it's they're keeping a low key. Nobody's made any statements about it. So uh, it was yeah, yes, it was a USAC race, but all the officiating and all that sort of stuff was done by the IRP guys. Do you know how much how wide he was wide by? I don't five sixteenths of an inch. Oh, no wow. kidding. That's it. That's it. Wow. But you're wide, you're wide. Yeah, yeah. The rules, the rule. And, so uh, I mean, it was like I said, it wasn't. It was a a USAC race. Dirt Tracker talked about it on the show earlier today, and okay, it it's not like a national midget race or anything like that because obviously national midgets just run on dirt only, and they don't yeah. run many pavement races anymore. So it's kind of a, like an exhibition race, sort of. Yeah, to an extent. So I mean, I don't see any repercussions coming from it. No, I don't either. I just I'm surprised that there was never really an announcement made. It was all pretty low key. But, uh, but the other thing I want to talk about is uh, for everybody that's going over the Knoxville Nationals, uh, they're going to be in for a treat. Uh, they got a new Musco lighting system in, and and it looks really cool. Um, LEDs, baby. LEDs. Uh, they the light poles will be um, the color of 
whatever flag is flying. Yeah, you kinda, so, yeah, if flying. you're watching on Dirt Vision yeah. now, you kind of can you kind of can see it. Yeah, green, yellow, red, uh, and then the parade lap is going to be really cool because they can follow the lights around. So I'm pretty excited about. As parade laps, it's going to fuck with the photographers. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that much right now. The photographers are going to be mad, <laughs> but, uh, guys. But uh, yeah, that's so. Just be on the lookout. It's going to be a treat to watch those uh, those the light display that's going to go on. So. Yeah, watching it this weekend, it was a lot of fun to see. He's like, they're all excited to show it off. I mean, I really like the ones on the the flag on the poles because you can see it right away. You know what the flag is because you know yellow or red because all you hear is the announcer say, "Oh, yellow flag," and you see it faster than they actually say. Another it. reason not to watch the flag, man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You just need the light. You can just look at the light bulb. Uh, Mention real quick, uh, Justin Grant uh, wins the uh, Indiana Sprint Week title after 13 years of trying. Uh, kick not, kicked off. Um, the title with a win on the last night at Kokomo uh, with, and six is six consecutive top five. So pretty good week for Justin Grant. Uh, but let's, let's roll into our uh, Knoxville 360 picks. Yeah. So do we have, who is the consistent fans pick? Yeah. You, you posted out on, on Facebook and Twitter earlier today, asking the, uh, the uh, Crawford Palming question of the week. It's kind of funny on, on Facebook, uh, Ryan Tim's got the most votes. No with, chance with no. Geo Selzy. Um, there's a mention of uh, Macri, Tim's, Brown, Han, Boguski. I don't understand that pick at all because Boguski's not been competitive at all. He probably picked himself. Pittman, Hafertepe, um, T Mac, Reitzel, Courtney Larson. Um, but on Twitter, it's overwhelmingly in favor of Brian Brown. Now, the poll. Larson has 46% of the vote, Reitzel 27%, T-Mac 8%, and then the other gets 19%. But uh, in the comment section, Brown has way more votes than anybody else. So. Brian's definitely going to be a contender. I mean, uh, he, he, yeah. he's won He's yeah. won the 360 Nationals in the past. He's always strong at Knoxville. It doesn't matter what kind of motor he has on it. Yeah. And when it comes to these races, he brings his A game. For the Wednesday night show, I think that I'm going to go. Everybody, oh, I'm you're not, knocking it down to, to whoa, days. I it was just one pick. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going with uh, <laughs> Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday. Oh crap! I don't even know who's running so, who. Thursday, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick Larson because that's just a, that's too easy. Um, I'm going to probably go with uh, uh, Brian Brown on uh, Thursday, Aaron Reitzel on Friday, and then Reitzel will win it all on Saturday. All right. Well, since I didn't know we were breaking it down, but I think mine are the two that I kind of were going for. I think they're in separate days. I also have Brian Brown winning his his night for sure. Okay. But my pick for his night plus winning the whole thing is uh, Anthony Macri. I think he's going to be on fire when he comes there. I mean, this is the type of track that he dominates at. Uh, yeah, there are different nights, so you, those are good. Um, Macri's on Friday. Brian, I'm sorry. Yeah, Macri's on Friday. Brian's on Thursday. So okay, so yeah, but Macri is my pick to win yeah. the whole thing. All right, Thursday night is Aaron Reitzel. Uh, Friday night, uh, I, I just pulled up the thing, so I have no clue who's running what nights. Uh, wait, wait, wait! You didn't pick Brandon Anderson to win? Hell no! <laughs> I'm not even making the show, boys. What? You're a rookie. <laughs> I am a rookie. <laughs> Uh, let's go, Brian Brown. Um, Friends on the spot. Yeah, Brian Brown Friday night, and I am picking Reitzel to win the whole thing. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I don't see why I wouldn't. The Bus House Gang they posted their favorites, and they Shane got Stewart, Larson, Reitzel, Brown, Selzy, 
Clint Garner, but Clint, you ever been in the bus? Cold. Oh yeah, yeah. Bus is yeah. a great time. I love going up the bus. Uh, Clint's been uh, hot and cold this year, so uh, I don't know. He, uh, I don't know if, about Clint. So, well, and I did see a thing like the most consecutive time at nationals. It like the streak's going to break because that's four uh, tens yeah. or four tens. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, one of them was. Uh, why can't they give his name? Shane Stewart. Shane Stewart. Yeah, he's not going to be there. And he said, you know, I'm proud of everything I accomplished in those years. And but then, like the next closest one is Donnie Shots now. Shane yeah. Stewart's the man. Yeah. Just Shot. hard luck. Yep. All right, we got anything else before we wrap things up tonight, boys? Nope. nope. Get out and enjoy a race this weekend. Yeah, get off the couch, get go to the racetrack. Get on your couch and turn on the TV. All right, thanks for everybody <laughs> tuning in. A quick time to podcast. We'll see everybody next week for episode 66. Later. Later.